Good morning. Welcome to Victory. Uh, Jordan wanted me to share just a few minutes before he comes up with a few of the prophetic words that have been going on here since the beginning of the year. Uh, The Lord is speaking to us about what he's going to do this year. And he just wanted me, I I keep notes on all of this, and he just wanted me to um, remind everybody what the Holy Spirit is saying so that if you're wanting to move with the Holy Spirit this year, I've got to get my phone to cooperate. When you see me over there with my phone, I'm not texting, I'm taking notes. <laughs> and you know, at the beginning of every year, the Holy Spirit, when we bring the prophets in, the Holy Spirit always gives us direction for the year. And so I, I'm just going to kind of go through a few of these things to refresh your memory. And just in case you missed anything and wanted to write it down, I tell you, the Lord has been so good to us this year. Uh, when Brother Ballard was here two or three weeks ago, uh, it kind of started the ball rolling. And what he said was, what he ministered on was when, when God comes to you and asks you to do something, that you should say back to the Lord before he ever gets it out of his mouth, yes. When the Lord says, I want you to, you say yes. Before you even find out what it is that the Lord wants you to do, that shows that your heart and that your spirit are really wanting what God is doing. He's not, he don't want to drag you. He don't want to try to talk you into it. That's not the spirit that the Lord wants. God wants a spirit that we are just eager for him to use us, to use us. And it's not, we don't have that much longer. A lot of us have a lot less longer than some of y'all do. I just want to say something about our youth. We have just got the most awesome youth group. About half of them are working this morning. But uh, last night at the El Dorado, at the uh, meeting down there with Brother uh, uh, Cuppet, they were telling me, man, that you guys just really, that the Holy Spirit just fell on our youth, that they were praying for each other, going around praying for each other, prayed for one of the elder rated youth that got filled with the Holy Ghost, that had never been filled with the Holy Ghost, and just laying hands on everybody. I'm telling you, you guys are awesome. Y'all don't realize it, but our youth are the strongest leaders in our church right now. They sit right here in the front. You don't ever see a worship service. They're not down here in this front worshiping. And some of you leaders really need to be ashamed of yourself. They're putting you to shame. They're down here in every altar call. They're here every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Over half of them were working in children's ministries this morning. But I'm telling you, they are a force to be reckoned with. This church is awesomely blessed with powerful youth that love God. And so when the Lord comes to you this year, if you have a heart that you want to be used by God, and and let me just say this. I've just got to say this. Three times this morning the Holy Spirit said it to me. A man that is unstable is unstable in all of his ways. If you cannot be faithful to the house of God, you're unstable in all your ways. And God can only use you to the level that you can be faithful. Faithful means full of faith. Faith is believe in the Word of God. And so some of our people are moving forward to be more faithful, be more used by God, but many of you are backing up. And see, the Bible says the job of a pastor is to know the face of his flock, to watch over their souls, because we have to give an account. When we get to heaven, all of you have a job that you are assigned when you got saved. And you're going to have to give an account when you get to heaven whether you fulfilled it. You know, when Jesus was praying in John 17, he said, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. 
How many of us are going to be able to say, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me to do? How many of you even know the work that God gave you to do? How many of you even know what that work is? See? How are you going to be able to say, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me to do? If you're not doing something for the Lord, you need to be going to your pastor and saying, What am I supposed to be doing? I need you to pray with me. I need to know what I'm supposed to be doing. So when I stand before Jesus, I can say, Father, I've finished the work that you gave me to do. And so you're always either moving closer to that or you're pulling back. We never stay the same. And many of you are moving forward and many of you are pulling back. And so it is our job as your pastors to know the state of our flock, to know your spiritual condition. And so what the Holy Spirit does for us at the first of the year, he comes through and gives us a new assignment. He says, this is what we need to do this year. This is what we need to do this year. So when Brother Ballard was here and he was talking about, he said, say yes to Jesus. Before you even know what he's going to ask you to do, just say yes. Just say yes. And he said that when the doubts come to you, whether you're really able to do that or not, said that if you will just worship and obey Just worship and do the best that you can what God's told you to do. That he will empower you to do it. And then he said that the dream is too big for us. What God wants us to do is really too big for us. But only God can do it through us. So if the Lord comes to us and gives us this dream of doing something really great for him, you know. And we think, God, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. He said, don't worry. It's not your job to do it. It's my job to do it through you. Okay, and then that next Sunday night, uh, that Sunday night, I was supposed to minister, and I had this particular thing I was going to minister on, but the Lord changed, remember, right before I started ministering. And so I shared the word that uh, from Bill Johnson, the prophetic word from Bill Johnson, that the Lord said to go back and do your first works over. If you're not more in love with the Lord than you were a year ago, go back and do your first works over. Go back to the Lord and say, yes, I want you to come into my life. Yes, I want you to change my life. Yes, I want you to make me just like you. And that if we'll go back, it says in the book of Revelations, go back and do the first works over. Do our, that's how we return to our first love. And when we've slidden back and lost that first love, we go back and do the first things over. And we say, God, yes, whatever it is, yes. And then that next Wednesday night, uh, Hannah preached. Where is Hannah this morning? I miss her. Late. (laughs) I would say teenager, but she's not a teenager. (laughs) About the refining process that God takes us through. You remember that on that Wednesday night? How powerful that was? That refining process and how God will take us through the refiner's fire. Because the refiner's fire will uh, burn away all of the uh, things that hold on to us. And we'll come out of that fire pure like gold. And then she said, and while you're in that refining process, God's going to ask you to do some things. And you're supposed to say yes. Remember what the Lord told her to do? Cut off her dreadlocks. <laughs> Get rid of her dreadlocks. And how hard that was for her, you know. I remember when I first got saved. Well, not long after I first got saved. I loved to sew. I'd rather sew than eat. I was a seamstress. And I remember the Lord came to me one time and said, told me to quit sewing. To lay it down. I'm telling you, that's the hardest thing I ever did for the Lord. But I did for about a year. And then after about a year, the Lord let me start again. But sometimes the Lord will just come to us to refine us. 
The thing that he's asking us to do, it doesn't really have anything to do. It may not be a sin. It may not be sin at all that he's asking us to quit. Just something that we love doing, maybe more than we love being in our word and being in prayer. And so uh, be looking for this year the Lord to refine you. Looking for the Lord to come to you and say, put his finger on something and say, this is taking up too much time in your life. And you could be using that time to spend time with me. Okay, then the next prophetic speaker that we had was Jason Beard. And Jason Beard came in here and preached that Sunday morning, Dreamer's Dream. Remember, Brother Ballard said, God's dream for you is bigger than you can do. It's going to take him. And then he said, Dreamer's Dream. He said, use your imagination to believe for God to do something in your life that seems impossible. Dream as big as you can dream. What can God ask? What can God use you for? Can He use you to raise the dead? Can He use you with the gift of healing to lay hands on the sick and they instantly recover? Can He use you to uh, reach the lost people on your job or in your school? Dream big. Dream big. Dream something really big for God. Uh, said, God is not waiting. You're not waiting on God to do something big in your life. God is waiting on you. We heard that before, hadn't we, Thelma? Thelma preached that a few months ago. See, we're sitting around waiting on God to do something big in our life, but God is waiting on us. He's waiting on us to say yes and to dream, let Him dream big things through us. Okay, and then... David was here last weekend. And um, remember what David said that, that the angel came, the angel of the Lord came to him and showed him, written on the wall all across here was expectations. What are we expecting God to do this year? Just pay our bills and help us get through another year? Are we, and then he said he saw where that angel cut that hole and looked through and on the other side was heaven. And what he said was God wants us to move into the realm of the heavenlies. The supernatural realm. The super to quit just living a natural life and getting up and going to work every day and just paying our bills and taking care of our family. But to move into the supernatural and expect God to use us to do great things this year. Can you see how the flow of the Holy Spirit just keeps building on the same same thing? Uh He said that we are connected to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And if we're connected to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, there's no reason why we can't do supernatural things other than we just limit ourselves. We don't want it. We don't believe it. We won't say yes to God. We're dragging our feet. We're sliding back instead of pushing forward all the time. When we're bound to the world, we cannot operate in the spiritual world. If the things of this world is all we ever think about and do, then we cannot enter into that spiritual world. Uh, And then he said, if you believe the dream or the prophecy that has been given to you, then you're going to fulfill your destiny. Said the God's plan for us this year here at Victory is to move into the expectation of a deep move of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit burns up demonic activity in our life. 
the closer we get to God, the closer the fire of God burns up what the enemy is trying to do to us. So to pray and ask God to move us into this supernatural place and then expect the fire of God. Expect the fire of God. And the Sunday morning before uh, Christmas, uh, when we were having our big Christmas service here, I woke up that morning, I was having this dream. And in my dream, uh, uh, I had invited people to come down to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, some people did, and some people got filled with the Holy Spirit, but some people just were not interested in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord, the Lord said to me that if you really want the Holy Spirit, you can have the Holy Spirit. That if you do not have the Holy Spirit, it's because you don't want it. Think about that. You can't use the excuse, oh, I just can't get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if you want it, you can have it. And the Lord said for you to go into your private prayer place and begin to open your mouth and begin to worship God out loud. That he cannot fill you with the Holy Ghost if you will not open your mouth and worship with an audible voice. Because what he does is, as you're worshiping in your English language, he will turn it to the heavenly language. But if you are not willing to get along with God, and open your mouth, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God, then, and you're not willing to get alone and open your mouth, you can put on music or you don't have to, and begin to worship God out loud, so that that worship can be, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and He can change your English, and then you don't want the Holy Spirit. It's not that you can't get it, it's that you don't want it. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Now why is that so important? Because this year, God is going to begin to move in the realms of the Holy Spirit here in a level he has never moved in before. Several things are going to cause that to happen. Number one is we're praying. There are 50 or more prayer warriors that come every Wednesday night, Sunday night, and pray for a move of God. For God to take us to the... See, the Bible says we go from faith to faith to glory to glory. To the next level of glory that we are supposed, what we're expecting God to do. What are you expecting God to do this year? Just have to be the same old person? And so the first thing you need to do is get filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit this year, it's because you don't want to. Now I know that sounds mad and I know that's probably making some of you mad, but. It's time to move with the Holy Spirit. The Lord said if you would get alone by yourself and begin to worship God out loud with an audible voice, He would fill you with the Holy Spirit. But He can't make you do that. He can't make you do that. So, we've just got to make a decision. Are we going to move? The Lord spoke to me about two weeks ago. I woke up early in the morning. God spoke to me. He said, do you want to be all the way full? Or do you want to be halfway full? It's your choice. It's your choice. And so church, I'm just saying, it's your choice. Do you want to move into what God wants to do with you this year and in you? Or do you just want to stay where you are another year? Same old problems. Same old health issues. Same old financial problems. Same old family problems. Or do you want to move to where the Holy Ghost is trying to move us to? To dream bigger than we've ever dreamed. Have greater expectations than we've ever had. And do what the Lord tells us to do. 
and have a different year. Amen. On creation's morning, an all-powerful God flung the glittering stars against the velvet of the night. He holds the seven seas in the palm of his hand. He measures space with his fingertips. He weighs the mountains in a scale and the hills in a balance. The God that we serve has total control. He said, let there be light. And in that moment of time, darkness was shattered and conquered forever. His son, Jesus Christ, walked upon the raging sea of the Sea of Galilee. And he held the winds in his fist and said, peace be still. That's control. That God is in control of planet Earth. And He can be absolutely in control of your life if you'll let Him. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Stop worrying and start living. Worry proves that you don't believe God can take care of you. Worry is faith in fear. Worry is faith in fear. The two words in the New Testament from the mouth of the apostles, fear not, fear not, fear not the past. Why? Because your past has been forgiven and forgotten. Fear not the present. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1 and 9. Be not afraid for thy God is with you wherever you go. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Death has been reduced to a shadow. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27 and 1. Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do with me. Fear not death. The Bible says, I am he who was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Fear not sickness, because this is the book of the great physician. Fear not poverty, for it is the Lord that gives you the power to get wealth. Fear not other people. The Bible says, I will make your enemies to be at peace with you. You will climb the impossible mountain. I'll give you the ability to defeat the impossible foe. One thousand shall fall at your left hand. Ten thousand shall fall at your right hand. David said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God Almighty is with me. That's why. Worry is trust in the unpleasant. Worry is assurance that disaster is coming. Worry is believing in your personal defeat and despair. Worry is a polluted stream that flows through your brain, that drowns hope and optimism, that kills faith. Worry is interest paid on trouble that never happens. Think about that. One old man said, and I quote, Most of the trouble I've had in life never happened. How many of you have worried yourself silly about something you just knew was going to be disaster and it never happened? Is this the right church? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, birthday boy.
come back here with me just a few minutes here, if you would. It's Stephen's birthday. You want, don't y'all want to? Yes, all right. Yes, so there you go. Crank me up there just a moment. Because we're going to have a special time of prayer and believe in the Lord for things that people are going through. There are several in our church that's facing issues right now that we need to believe God for. And uh, then your life. God cares. If, you, if you're in a situation, you can rest for sure God cares about you. And not only does He care, He knows He can help you. And the Bible says we have not because what? We ask not. So if we'll just fine-tune our asking and trust the Lord, God can turn around. Dwayne, we're with prayer for you this morning. Did I hear it right? Your dad went to be with the Lord? Is that right? Well, our prayer is going to be for you and the family. And I just pray that this morning that God just cut a little hole up in heaven and let you see Dad and let you know that he's doing good. Amen. Also, we want to pray for B. Jester's family, B's daughter, Karen. How many missed B? Didn't you miss her when you came in the front door? Wow. And uh, her daughter, Karen, went to be with the Lord. And so our heart is really broken for B. And also, our dear friend, Gary Doris. You know, Gary went to be with the Lord. Gary comes to our 9 o'clock service, so you don't see, you didn't see Gary a whole bunch. But in our 9 o'clock service, Gary was real regular, and he sat right there where Latanya usually sits. And Gary was sat there. And if this would have happened in Gary's life a few years ago, you know, we would not have known possibly where Gary would have went. But a couple of years ago, Gary made the Lord. He yielded his life to God. Okay. And so I'm just so thankful. Amen. So we want to pray for these three families. We want to believe the Lord for the peace of God. Some of you guys that just love Dwayne want you to run over and lay a hand on his shoulder. Would you do that? Doesn't, yeah, all right. I know all of us love him, but y'all just go over and put a hand on Dwayne. We're just going to believe for strength because that's what God says is one of the major prayers that we can pray and believe the Lord for. Then we're going to pray for these other two families. Then I want to ask you. If you're here this morning, you said, Pastor, I've just got something I'm going through or I'm concerned about a person. i got a person on my heart that's going through something. I want you to raise that little hand up like you're raising it up toward God for His help. Lord, it's right now that we pray. And Lord, we just intercede, Lord, that in this place, that you're showing forth your love and your power and your glory. And Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray for every hand that is raised this morning, symbolizing, God, there's a need in that life, there's a circumstance that's being faced, though they're going through a situation or they're concerned over someone that is. Now, Lord, and the Bible said if we will agree, so, Lord, we come into prayer agreement right now with those of with these knees. And, Lord, we ask you that you would be Lord in the situation. And, God, that you would turn disaster into a miracle. Lord, take a mess and make it a miracle for the glory of God. Turn these situations around that only you have the power to do. And now, Lord, we pray for these three families that suffered loss. Lord, we just intercede for the strength and the grace of God, that the power of God would be in them, Lord, that you would be able to help them and lift them up. Lord, this is those moments of grief.
And Lord, I ask you, Lord, the Bible says that Jesus, you took our grief upon you. Though I ask you, Lord, that you would reach your mighty hand down into every one of these family units, Lord. And you would lift that grief, that, that untold grief, that grief that's just too much for us to handle. That you would lift that up, God, and you would replace it with your peace and with your joy. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody said, amen for the glory of God. Amen. Johnny and Katie, it's so good having you guys. Man, I met y'all there Wednesday night, and it's such a joy. Let's welcome Johnny and Katie, would you? First first Sunday morning here, they was here with us on Wednesday night, and first Sunday morning. Well, praise the Lord. Let's, you got something stir us up a little bit? <laughs> what you want? Man, I'm afraid everybody go to sleep when I <laughs> preach. I, I want y'all to watch Elaine. Now, if she goes to sleep this morning, she's in trouble, all right? Come on, let's stand together real quick. We're going to sing a verse, and then I just got a few things I'm going to share with you. Praise the Lord. I got a joy down in my soul. I got a peace that I won't let go. start praising God, God turns situations around, sometimes immediately. I mean, just when you bring yourself out of the point of discouragement, you say, Lord, I'm just going to, can't do anything about this anyway. I'm just going to praise you. And then the Lord turns it around. Paul, where are you at? Paul Crowder. Paul, they just came and told me you were here. Man, I am so thankful. I tell you, Paul and his wonderful, wonderful wife. But Paul, right back there, he, by all rights, he shouldn't be here. He just had a heart attack, and you know you've been praying for Paul. That should that should have taken him out. And let me tell you, it's a miracle. I mean, he's got things in his body I did not even realize were available. But literally, his heart quit. But built into his heart now, they've established a pump. And Paul, to me, it looks, looks like a pump on a car. It looks like a water pump that they've established right there. 
and you're living, Paul. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And man, I tell you what, pray. I didn't even know they had that possible, you know. Didn't even realize they could do that. So, Paul, to me, you're I thank God he created something new for you, man. <laughs> oh, I love you, Paul. I'm so thankful to the Lord. Well, sit down this morning. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. Uh, Brother Andy, would you bring me my, my binder there just real quick there? Now, I won't be able to preach. I've got to straighten out all the... <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, I do have something I want to share with you. It wasn't Lane good this morning sharing what the Lord had, what the Lord has said to us. And it's so good to say things. I want I have just a few minutes really to speak to you left this morning. And I want to share a couple of things with you. I want to share one thing, the practical side of this 2020 uh, that this year we're in. The practical things that we need to do if we're going to be able to participate and receive in 2020 what God has for us. Because I tell you, there is a miracle that God has for us in 2020. You're the trigger. You're the trigger of me being able to do things. And we have to realize that we are. We do have a part to play. And we're, we're, we're the trigger of that. So we're going to talk to you for just for a few minutes. I don't have time to preach you the, that message. But I'm just going to give you some points in it because you are the trigger. So I feel like we need information. Then I want to close out the service today. I want to talk to you about the prophetic side of 2020. And when we talk about the prophetic side, you'll see how the Lord has something real spiritual in mind of what God went as the year moved forward. The Hungarian uh, calendar, or the calendar that we use, the 2020, it's, it is built on the uh, 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 sky. It's built on the, uh, the star systems. But, see, the Bible says that... The heavens declare the glory of God. And so the Lord works in the midst of all that. But there is also a Hebrew calendar we're going to talk about this morning when we get the prophetic side. Let's talk first about what God needs us to do if we're going to be able to really participate in 2020, if God's going to be able to use it. Well, first thing to realize is there is a heaviness that is started back in uh, 2019. And some of you have experienced, probably a lot of you have experienced it, but there's a sense of heaviness. It's almost like this heaviness comes in and weights you down to where it's hard for you. Oh, 2020, yeah, you know, I've been through this so many times. You know, and, but, but it is different. You'll see that. In fact, do you know God is doing something miraculous around the whole world? I mean, this time is like unbelievable time. Even some of your, your strongest Arab nations are is growing the greatest churches of Jesus Christ. It's just miraculous. I mean, uh, really, nations are turning to the Lord. I know here in the United States, we still got a real battle issue going on. But other nations around this world, even those that are war-torn, war-torn that God is just miraculously. And the Bible says that God allows these seasons to come up. And the Bible calls them watches. Uh, and the reason they're called watches is because why the things are lining up in the world for truly the coming of the Lord is imminent. Amen. And so that we will be watching for the Lord. Amen. Now, down through history, there's been just a, a short n- number of these watches. In fact, we live through one of them. If you're, as, if you're as old as I am, you can remember one of them. And one of them was back in the 60s, that decade of the 60s. 
uh, during the Vietnam War. It was that same way. Things lined up around the world. God has certain signs that happens in the sky above and in the earth events that when he says, when you see these things come to pass, it says, look up for your redemption draws nigh. You know, that's just like God. And he said, and he said that if he doesn't come in the first one or the second one, don't give up on him. He's coming. He's coming in one of those. And, and so we're, the world is on a verge of entering into another one of these watches right now. Man, they're, they're really awakenings. Because the Lord, see, when God does finally come in this sense, the Lord wants to make sure that everybody has that opportunity to get in on it, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, so the Lord has his awakening come by his Holy Spirit across the whole world. And I tell you, large parts of the world, man, the church in China is just growing by leaps and bounds. They say you really can't even count them. They're growing so fast. In the Asian countries, uh, I mean, the, the, this world is, is recognizing what God is doing. But it becomes a sign to us. And so, and, but then this heaven is... So the, the enemy knows that the only way he can stop God doing what God wants to do in your life, that he has to discourage your faith. Because, see, without faith, it's impossible. It literally is impossible if I don't believe. I mean, so I'm just going to wait and see what God does for me. Man, you, you're in the wrong company for that. <laughs> Because in God's company, God uses faith to believe. And we, so we have the trigger, so to speak. We're able to pull the trigger that will allow God to do the things that He so deeply wants to do in our life. Now, God loves us beyond measure. God cares about us. God has all these dreams. In fact, in fact the Bible says God has all of these plans that He has already planned for us. But I don't know if you know it, if, if you're a, but if you're a, uh, a parent of a grown person, you know, you start out with a lot of plans, and then all of a sudden, they go their own way, and those plans get disappointed. Well, that's exactly the way God is. I mean, Lord, we come into this world, and God, in fact, the Bible says that God has written in His book every day of our life. God has already planned out every day of our life. Paul, that's good to know because when that heart attack hit you, God had another plan for that day. I mean, God had another plan, man. God had another plan that day. And so uh, the, the plans that God has. So every day is written out. And so what happens is, but the Lord gets all these wonderful, I mean, you can just imagine, imagine what, you know, I can remember what it, Felt like sitting in that father's waiting room back in my day or back in Lane's day, Lane and I's day. Uh, you couldn't go in where they were having the baby. You just, you sit outside. And it was that expecting room that we're in right now. And in that expecting room, the dads were just sitting there and, you know, just wait. But knowing that, man, all these wonderful things are fixing to go to happening and all these things. Well, can you imagine that in the heart of God? Because God has all these dreams for your life, all these wonderful callings. God has purpose for you, a plan for you. God has a way of working out your marriage, working out your plan, working out your health, working out your wealth. God has all these plans that are working in your life. But it's just like those disappointed parents at times when kids go their own way and they fail to complete the plans. That's what, we have, what happens in our life. 
And so what God has for us this year, God, this decade, let me say, that we're just turning the turn on in this decade. They're wonderful and they're gracious and they're full of God's love and full of God's power. And they're, just, and they're the things in life that will really make life wonderful for each one of us. But the situation is we have to be at our position in our life to receive them. Or we have to be in a position of life, number one, to hear them. You know, a lot of some people say, I don't guess God's called me to anything. Have you ever asked him, you know? I mean, have you ever stopped? I mean, how do you know? How do you know God hadn't called you? How do you know there's not a purpose at work? But some people stop and listen to God. And when they stop and listen to God, then God speaks. You know, the greatest thing that you can do when you come to the Lord? Some people want, want to learn the Ten Commandments. Other people want to learn all the books of the Bible. But one of the greatest things you can do is learn the voice of the Lord. The greatest thing in the world you can do is to learn to hear God on the inside of you and learn to hear God in His Bible. There's two ways that God speaks today. God speaks, number one, out of His Bible. And so the greatest thing that we can do for any of our lives is to learn to hear God speak in that Bible. And somebody says, oh, well, you know what? I, I don't guess He talks to me. No, you just had not been in His Bible enough. That's the truth. Because it has such a, and I was talking to him in the 9 o'clock service this morning. We was talking about how wonderful the book of Psalms is. Because if you really want to hear, if you really want to hear God, start there. Just start there reading through the book of Psalms. And you won't read very far in the book of Psalms to where God will begin to impress you and speak to you. And you want to advance that. You want to, because the Bible says that his sheep know his voice. So, man, that puts a lot of pressure. In fact... When Jesus comes again, mm, scary, all right. Can I give you something scary? Can I give you something scary? See, he, he descends with a shout. If you can't hear him, how are you going to meet him? So I'm just saying, it's real important now. It's just real important to learn to hear God, number one, in his word, and number two, as he would impress you or speak to your heart, in, in prayer and to be impressed by the Lord. Then God can talk. God wants to talk. He's got a mouth. He wants to talk. And I tell you what, He is so much smarter than we are. He, I mean, I know that because Lane tells me that frequently. I mean, God is so much smarter than we are. And so as the Lord wants to talk, so oh, God wants to bring us to this place here. So, so, it's why, so, so what I'm saying is God wants us to soar this year. Is it's real important that we learn to soar. And this heaviness has come to try to push you down. Now, if you're going to get up out of that heaven, you're going to have to have a breakthrough. Somebody shout breakthrough. You're going to have to break through. You're going to have to break through that heaviness. Some of you can't even explain that heaviness. Some of you can. Some of you got circumstances going on in your life and it's made you heavy. And, and you, have, you say, oh, I, Jerry, I just can't seem to have faith. I just can't seem to believe God. I just can't. I've lost my joy. And because what it is, because the enemy has sent this spirit of heaviness up on you. You will never get what God has for you unless you break that spirit of heaviness off of you. So you've got to break it. Somebody said, break it. Man, I tell you what, before Elaine and I got saved, we could break more dishes than anybody in the country. She would throw those plates at me and I'd throw them back at her. She better be hoping that they would break. But, but you can break through this thing. Man, you can break through it. 
You can come through this thing. You can break through. You can break through that heaviness. Now, some people's heaviness are, are is explainable. I mean, there's some things going on. But listen, honey, the way you look at it, it's got to be different. Mm. You've just got to begin to look at your situation differently. And uh, and the other thing is, some of you can't even explain it. Say, so, oh, you know what? I just got up depressed. I'm just discouraged. I don't know. How, I can't explain it. Can't. Man, you got to break through that thing. Because this thing has been sent to stop you from getting God's best for you in your life. So you've got to get that spirit of heaviness off of you. That spirit of heaviness says, well, you're no good. Nobody's going to ever love you. Nobody's going to ever like you. Nobody's going to ever care about you. I mean, God won't be able to use you. God won't be able to help you. Let me, let me tell you, the worse you are, the more God wants to use you. Yeah, it is. And, and, and the dumber you are, the more he wants to show his excellence. <laughs> I can prove that. So, so anyway, the Lord has all these wonderful things in store for you. So I want us to start with the scripture, if we would, this morning real quick. And there went eight minutes of my few minutes I had. All right, Isaiah chapter 40. Now, this is important scripture for you this year. In fact, if you have your pen, I'm going to give you certain words that you will want to circle. I'm going to give you a whole chapter, that you, uh, not a chapter, a verse that you will want to circle that you need to commit to memory. Because this is God trying to help us to be ready to receive. Everybody say, I got the trigger to the blessings in my life. God doesn't have the truth. So I say, oh, I wish God. Listen, God wants to, honey. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I tell you what, I've looked at my teenage kids and I said, Daddy wants to do so much for you, but I can't, you know. And the reason I can't is possibly because I couldn't trust him with the car, couldn't trust him with the money. <laughs> you understand? And so, and so that's exactly the way it is with God. Quit blaming God <laughs> and realize that we have a part in this situation. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, real important. And these verses are for this year and it would be really good. It starts off with telling us how strong God is. It says, have you ever heard? And see, God's speaking to us. God said, I want to change your heart, man. I want to pull you up. I want to bring you to a level where I can help you this year, is what God said. He said, have you heard that? He said, have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. And everlasting means eternal. It's talking about God of time, the God that can control 2020, the God that can control this decade. God's trying to, the creator of all the earth. Now, that word creation, if you would circle that word creator, because that's going to really be an important word to you this year. That word creator. That's going to really be an important word to you that God wants to, God wants to do some things. In fact, God wants to recreate and create some things for you in your life that where God can bring you to the purpose that he has for you. Amen. Or right, he said, he never grows weak or weary. Isn't that a powerful statement? He never. What God has said is, I'm the source. That's what God says. I am the source. He says, he never grows weak or weary. Never. Everybody say, never. <laughs> you never go and say, you know, you can never out-ask God. <laughs> You can never ask to what God doesn't have more. You can never, ever, you can never, ever get all of what God has. And he says here that he never grows weak and weary. Now, the reason he's telling us this, he goes on to explain. He said, no one can measure the depth of his understanding. Then verse 29, he said, he gives power to the weak. I want you to, that's a powerful promise. I told you there was a promise that you needed to mark. This is the one. Because that spirit of heaviness comes on you to try to keep you from receiving what God has for you. And that spirit of heaviness there is to keep you defeated, keep you discouraged, keep you down, not let you have faith. That spirit of heaviness is just like... Anyway, there is it. So he gives power to the weak. And he gives strength to the powerless. 
That's God's promise to you. So what, what he just said is, that God says, I, I am. I never get weak. I never get without power. And God said, I'm willing to give it to you. That's what he says. I'm willing to give it to you. And then the next verse says, even youth become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. What God's telling us there is that, you know, you, you don't blame yourself. This is the enemy that's come against you. It, what it says here is, young men, which are supposed to be examples in the body, is that even if your example gets weak, know this, I still give strength to the weak. And I am the source for your strength. Amen? And then the next verse it says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. How do you get it from God? He just told us, how do we get it from God? Trust in the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord Get God's strength. Those who trust, oh, Jerry, you don't understand how weak I am. Honey, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Because He gives strength to the weak and He never grows weak Himself. He's always a source for you. He's always there to help you. He's always there to strengthen you. Amen. So he says, trust in the Lord. Then something miraculous happens as you trust in the Lord. That verse 31. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they won't faint. Isn't that a powerful promise? It says, God, God says, I will give you strength in your time. Now, verse 40, chapter 41, drop down that next chapter. It tells us why God does this. Why are you going through a situation and that heaviness is trying to fight you? Why are you dealing with that now? Why are you dealing? Well, that's what that next verse, next chapter in verse 20 tells us. God explains to us why he lets that process happen. Because then it says, I am doing this. See, he explains it. I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means. And what does it mean? That it is the Lord who has done this. Amen. Amen. Why is that spirit of heaviness come against you? Because the enemy is trying to keep you from getting God's best. Why did God let that spirit of heaviness come against you? Because God wants him to be the source of your strength. So that everyone will know you're not the one that did it. God is the one that did it. Through you, for you, for the glory of God. Man, isn't that a powerful promise of the Lord? Wait a quickly tell you, there's five obstacles, though, with this mountain up. These wings of eagles. Uh, do you know what an eagle does? An uh, eagle doesn't worry about its, uh, uh, about its enemy. Because the enemy, uh, the eagle has, uh, that's why the Lord compares always, so many places in the Bible. God compares us to that eagle, and he compares himself. But you know what a, you know what an eagle does when an enemy gets after him? What an eagle does when an enemy gets out, he looks to where the sun is. And that eagle flies straight into that sun. Because he knows that as his enemy follows him, that sun, that enemy can no longer see in that sun, that brightness. You hear what? It blinds him. It blinds him. 
And so the strategy that God's telling us is God's going to give you a way to get out of that mess. God's going to give you a way to get over that situation. God's going to help you to get out of that spirit discouragement. Instead of hiding underneath that rock in a shadow, God says, get out and fly toward the sun. And if you will fly toward the sun, that enemy will become blinded, unable to fight. And an eagle is known. He always flies higher than his enemies. <laughs> That's why he has such peace and that's why he has such ability because he's able. All right, five obstacles that keep you from soaring with God. Number one is sin. You just got to come to terms with sin is that separation, that thing that separates us from God. And I'm not here to give you a, a list today. I mean, God by his spirit tells you and in your life, speaks to you, and that Bible speaks to you. But if, if there's sin going on, do not let it control your life. If there's things going on, you, know, there's, you need to do two things with your sin in your life. Number one, and they're in the same verse. In fact, they're in First John uh, chapter 1 tells us what to do with our sin. And what it says, do with our... First John 1, 9. Oh, somebody that left me. All right, First John 1, 9, it tells you what to do with your sin. It says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you. So two things we do with our sin. We confess it to God and just let God cleanse it, man. Just let God cleanse it. Let God cleanse it out of us and away from us. See, as you run, if we will fly toward God, that sin will just get blinded in the midst of that approach. Can you say amen? So the first thing we do then is we get that. The second obstacle to me being able is my flesh, my stinking flesh. I desire the wrong thing. The devil knows how to entice me. He knows how to pull my attention on the wrong thing. But if I'm going to be able to fly with God, if I'm going to be able to soar, if I'm going to be able to believe God this year for God to do what he's going to do, I've got to get victory over my flesh. Listen, either your flesh is going to rule you or God's going to rule you. You've got to make a decision. And if you're a person that's given to your flesh, man, your flesh will tell you when to get up sad. He'll tell you when to get up mad. Your flesh will tell you how to react and how to not to react. The, the, your flesh will try to tell you when to be depressed and when to be discouraged. But when your spirit, well, you've got to understand, there's a part of me that's stronger than my flesh. Paul said there's a war that's going on in this side of us. Somebody's going to win that war, honey. And you've got the choice at who's going to win that war for the glory of God. Number three is religion. Man, religion will pull everything out of you that God's trying to put in you. I don't mean that in the bad sense, but being religious won't make you strong in the Lord. Having a relationship and an experience with God is what makes you strong in the Lord. Somebody says, well, I know I'm strong because and then you can start like the Pharisees. I fast and I go, go through the little ritual. But let me tell you, it's not in your rituals. It's not in the things. It's not in those rituals that's going to make you strong. It's having an experience with God. It's that heart that gets up and begins to pray and seek God and run toward the Lord. If you will begin to run toward the Lord, the, the religion tr- tries to make us up. Uh, uh, tries to identify us with hypocrites. But you see what that relationship with God inside you, honey, is something that will live and will lift you up. And man, it'll come in the midst of discouragement. I have fought depression. I have fought discouragement. I fought that heaviness on many of occasions, but I found out something works. If I'll just run toward Jesus and if I will run toward an experience with God, something will burn that junk out out of you. Amen.
Amen. And number four is Satan. Man, you've got to realize, I've got a problem. And that, that, that rascal is a, is a problem. He is, and he is Satan. Quit blaming God for everything bad happening in your life. In fact, Jesus said you can identify the two. You can quickly identify what's God and what's the devil. You've got to begin to call them. I, you know, I was telling them in the early service, or telling them in the 9 o'clock service this morning, I, I just can't believe the way some people live their life. I can't believe the way some people live their Christian life. Jesus gives us an example of how to deal with life. And he deals with it in accordance with resisting the enemy. Some people are just wide open game for any thought that the devil wants to shoot into their mind. Anything that the devil wants to bring through. Listen, honey, the Bible tells you to do one thing with the devil, and that is resist him and cast him out. God has given you the strength, but first you've got to recognize him. If that is trying to bring you torment and steal your peace away in your life, it's the enemy. The next one is ourselves. Amen. How can you soar like evil? I can't. How can you soar? You can overcome the temptations of the world. Man, God give you the grace and strength. Quit saying you can't. This is the year to say you can. Quit saying you can't. Let the weak say, I am strong, man. This is the year. This is the year to allow God's work. Now, why is God letting those things fight you? Because God, remember what was found out in Isaiah chapter 40? Because God wants people to know that He loves you and it's His strength in you. And He's the one that's going to bring you through. If you're trying to handle the devil, if you're trying to handle the temptations in your own strength, then I classify you as a turkey. All right, gobble, gobble. But God says... You can be an eagle. Now let me close. I, I don't have time to finish that message in any kind of way. So I want to talk to you about the prophetic. i got eight minutes. Talk to you about the prophetic side. If you would bring up. God has massive change. coming. Wonderful. Time to be alive. I know you say, well, well pastor, you know, I'm. I've just fought so much. I've lost so much. I don't feel like fighting. I'm I'm asking you to break that spirit of heaviness and realize your time's not over yet. And God has massive change. Wonderful change ready for you. We've entered into a decade of change. See, because it's really... Go go to the next one. Stay with me real close back there. Change with me. Because really, this is the decade that we're entering into. Now, in the Bible, in several different places, in fact, it gives us this expression. The Lord kind of identifies through articles and through pictures that He would paint for us. He gives us pictures of our destiny. He gives us pictures of our season. Now, this is the picture that God has painted for us in, in this decade that we're starting into. All right, skip one and go on to the A.N., please. Not only is this the year 2020, but this is also in the Hebrew year. It is the year 5780. The Hebrew year 5780. Now, 
Every Hebrew letter is, is, has, it lets us know three things. One thing it lets us know, the Hebrew letter lets us know, is the sound. There's a sound associated with that letter. That, that letter is the word ayin. It's A-Y-I-N. And there is a sound that's associated with all their alphabet. But not only is there a sound with every letter, there's also a numerical value given. They don't have like numbers and letters. There's all letters. And in the Hebrew language, it's numerical value. But not only is there a numerical value assigned to every letter, but every letter is a picture. In its original, it's almost like the little caveman used to look when they would draw the pictures. Every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is a picture. It's a picture of something. And God says, I just want you to know what I'm trying to tell you so much. I'm willing to give you a sound. And that's what we understand here in America. We understand the phonics of a sound and understand meaning from that. But he said, I'm also give you a number that you can recognize some depth of it with me. And he said, and then for you dummies, no, that's not what God said, but that's what he said. He said, some of you need a picture. And so I'll give you a picture of what you see. Now, we just came through 5779, or the decade of, the, uh, of 19, of 2019. It began back there, 2010. And this was the letter that symbolized it. A lot of times, we, we have to play massive catch-up because we fail to recognize what God is doing at this particular time. If I fail, if I fail to recognize what God is saying to me today... And then tomorrow, he's going to, because God adds, the way, he, way God adds, he adds line on line, precept on precept. Uh, God lines. He gives you line one, then he line two. And, and so he says, oh, I want to know what God wants me to do in five years. Honey, you're not even hearing about today. So, I mean, God adds line on line and step after step. And so a lot of us will have to play catch up because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. In the decade prior, as God was preparing us for this season that we're in now. Well, that's the A. And what that is, it's the picture is two eyes. See the eyes? That's pretty easy to see there. But it's not only two eyes. It's, it's two eyes connected, going down your nervous system, connected to bring about one understanding. And when they come into meet each other, there's a large stem talking about a spiritual understanding. We just walked through a decade where God was trying to get us to understand some things. God was trying to get us to see, go ahead and stay with me, God was trying to get him to, us to see from his perspective. I want to tell you what, God's ways are not our ways, and man, his ways are so much higher than our ways. A lot of times we just can't get it until he tells us. And God, we just came through the decade of God was trying to get us to see through His eyes. What you're going through, what you've been fighting through, the battles that you've been in. God God not, not only wants you to see it on the outside, but God had a deeper understanding to what you're facing. God wants you to see it through His eyes. And we can just stop. And I, I just say, Lord... Now, there's been, there's been times when I, I would finally get that. I remember the time that they was found all that stuff in my lungs, and for all those years they was treating me, and they was just 
concerned at any moment that, I, that, that it was going to go to flare up into uh, a large amount of cancer in my lungs. And then I finally got down to business with the Lord. I said, God, how do you see this? And the Lord said, Jerry, you want to correct it? He said, sit down and write every person you've ever wronged in your life a letter and tell them you're sorry. Now, that's not what God told you. That's what God told me. I did that. I went all the way back to a little guy 10 years old and wrote letters and said, I'm sorry. Well, when I finally looked at my, looked at my situation through God's perspective, when I was able to see that, went to UAMS and said, Jerry, we can't find anything in there anymore. No, no, no issues, you know. So there's been a few times I would get it, then there's been a lot of times I missed it. You see. So I'm going to tell you, we just went through a decade where God wanted to, you to see your situation through His eyes because that's vitally important. Because the truth of the matter is, God can only handle it. It's only in God's hands when you place it in the hands of the Lord. And you've got to do that by knowing that God's got another perspective on this thing. And if I will put it in the hands of the Lord, God can take care of it. And so we've just went through a whole word where the Lord was trying to teach us to do that. Just look at things like I look at things, Jerry. And we say, I don't know how. Well, the Word of God is, is, is full of <laughs> full of opportunities. That's why we have the Bible. Because that's God. The Bible is God's eyes looking out. It's letting us know. Well, bless God, I know what I'd do if, if, if somebody walks up and smacks me. Well, what would God do? The Lord says, turn the other cheek. One says, this is a different way of looking at our whole life through looking at it with God. Well, well, that is, that's the decade that we just went through and go to the next one. Now we're in the year 2020. Or we're in the, but you know what happens if you take I said every letter has a numerical. You know what happens if you, we just went through 2019, that decade. If you add every one of those letters together, you know what you come out with? 20. 2020. <laughs> because God works with our time, and he also works prophetically. Well, we're now in this one. You're 5780, you're 2020, and what? That is symbolized is by a pay. Now, a pay is a, a unique letter because it tells us a unique history. Or it, tells us, it tells us a unique picture. Now, you may have to force yourself, may have to twist your little mind a little bit, but originally what this is, this is a mouth. A pay is a mouth. You know, that's why the Bible tells us that we, we've just we've, we've just walked through the the decade of seeing. That's what a a and is is I seeing as God sees. We just went through a decade that God wanted us to see it as He sees. Now He's brought us into a new decade of power that involves the mouth. So not only did God want you to see it from His perspective, now God trusts you. 
and he wants you to speak it from his perspective. Now, now this decade, well, it's decade of declaration. It's the decade of declaring, and that's why praise service is so important because. It's, because in the midst of praise service, you get to declare, you know. Your neighbor probably looks at you or your wife or your husband say, you lousy, low down. But that's not the way God sees you. And all of a sudden, when you begin to sing to the Lord, begin to sing praise, you say, Lord, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm strong in the Lord. Then you that are even weak can get to declare that, see. But there's something else about the pain. There is a secret in the pain. There's something that's hidden there. In fact, there's a letter that's hidden in the pain. It's like God said, if you will begin to get your mouth to speak what my mouth... Now, this is not the person that walks out of this building and says, well, I'm going to be a millionaire time I'm 20, I'm going to do this. God's not being with your mouth. It's when your mouth is His mouth. It's, when, it's what you hear in the secret place and you begin to shout from the housetop. It's, it's when, the, when the Lord is, is speaking to your heart out of the Word and, or, or out of His Spirit and you begin to see what God sees. And now, you, now God brings you to the opportunity. And you know what this is the season for? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because hidden in the pay, let me close with this. Hidden in the pay is the bet. Now, the bet is an unusual letter, too. In fact, you know what the very first word? Can you imagine God when he was writing the word or when he was speaking the word? And he chose his very first word. The very first word God chose to start his whole Bible with was the bet. In the beginning. The bet, if you turn it up a little bit, you can see it. It's a house. And it's a tent. It's, and, and God, it's the, it's the origin. The origin, God refers to the origin of your family like those that's in your house. The, the origin of, 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 of this house is it's the origin. It, it goes back to the very beginning. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the uh, creative source. And, and the reason God started his whole Bible with this word, he said, I'm the source. I'm the source. I'm the source. So God started there with his whole so what is this? Go to the next one, please. It's the year to recalculate. Whew. You know what recalculate means? They could go back to the same original settings. When you say you're going to recalculate, what it means is you're going to go back to the same original settings. Can you imagine a decade to where all that the devil took away from all that life tried to steal away from me. All that the world robbed from me. All the honor, all the dishonor that the world brought into my life. All the wonderful people that were stolen from me. 
God says, I bring you into recalculate. To carry us back to my original purpose. It's the opportunity to do it again. In fact, we're in the re-year. Do you know how many words start with R-E? I went to Webster's Dictionary. It's about 2,700 of them. (laughs) Redo. Rework. Reunite. Oh, wow. (laughs) So if I can begin to see it from God's perspective and begin to speak it from the mouth of God, there's a secret in the pain. And that secret is, I have an opportunity. The Bible calls it the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee in the Bible is when whatever you've lost, if you've lost land, family, whatever it is, God says, I give you a year to bring it back into your life for the glory.